Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Father, we just say thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the sweet anointing that enables us, empowers us. And in these days, uh, prophetically, they're saying we need the anointing. You can use the FPOS machine too. Katrina's up there waiting for you if you want to do that now. We'll let you do that right now. Um, It's the anointing that keeps you in church. It's the anointing that allows you to believe in your calling and and your destiny. And it's a dry life that separates you from all that's good in God. Amen? It just doesn't work. The oil is like, it it takes out, it it lubricates you as a a mighty machine for God. And without the lubrication of the Holy Spirit, you come to a grinding halt. You can't pray, you can't read your Bible, you can't do a devotion in the morning, you're not inspired by God, you can't give, giving doesn't work, try and worship, and it's a sad day for the born-again Christian if that happens. So one of the things you've got to believe in is that, you know, when the Word says in in Acts 1.8, that you receive power to be my witnesses. And that, that you as a witness is even without saying words. It's you being an expression of a born-again Christian at work, around your mates, at home, married, business. You're just a witness 24-7 in all the days that God gives you. But it's the anointing that... That power, so power and anointing are the same. It's the power that you need to live the life that God wants you to live. Now, in these days where there's a lot of threat against your Christian faith, um, they've taken out prayers. Uh, apparently, the Victorian government are taking a prayer out now out of their, one of their um, ordination services again. And so Australia's really hell-bent on... Um, becoming a secular nation. And it's going to take a lot of inner fortitude. It's going to take a lot of you know, determination to stand up against this tide, tide, T-I-D-E, of darkness lapping up on our shore, upon our hearts. And there's a war over our kids. And that's why we need to get them to church. We need to get them into and under the word of the Lord in the presence of God. And the Lord... The Bible says that I can wash them and cleanse them of all the stuff of life. And the kids come up roses again. The wife comes up roses again. The husband, sorry guys, comes up roses again. And you can do life. So the anointing is very, very important. Um, And I want to just share something about that this morning. Father, we ask of you this morning. Jesus, you said... That if we love you and are obedient to you, 
that you would ask the Father for an advocate, meaning a helper, to help us. And that advocate, that helper, the Holy Spirit would come and come alongside us and advocate for us, show us, guide us, lead us, intervene. And Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that's done that already in our life. And we've all experienced that. But Holy Spirit, we just say to you this morning, thank you that you are our friend, that you are our wise counselor, that you are our helper. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would become, and church, I pray that you would become personally acquainted with the Holy Spirit in your daily life. And the saints say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can take a seat. God is so good. God is so good. Great message last Sunday night. And uh, get the podcast. And uh, Matt Bromfield's doing a good job getting them up there. Everyone's doing fine. I love seeing people change and develop. I have to pick on Doug. I'm just hearing his guitaring, just becoming more. There's more expression. You know, the Bible says that we would receive power to be a witness, even through our instrument, through our words. And pre- but I'm just hearing your vocabulary increasing on the guitar, and I'm going, is that another guitar? So I open my eyes. No, this is just cool hand dog. Man, okay, he's obviously being inspired by God. A lot of the Holy Spirit is inspiring you to get out of the comfort of what you determine by your own logic and rationale and by your own safe existence and getting you out of the box. Can I just say that? Right now, I'm completely out of the box of my personality type. I'm completely coloring in outside the colors right now. Amen? And uh, even on Friday night, we're celebrating Bree and Jonathan, or Jonathan's 30th. Pardon? They're in the kitchen cooking another great up night up, are they? And even Friday night, as people were seeing Julie and I dance and party, and they go, man, we didn't think the pa- pastors, we didn't think the pastor. <laughs> uh, that was, I was really threatened by going to this party, because someone said onesie, and I've seen onesies around, and um, And I thought, oh, do I really have, I love Jonathan, but do I really have to go with a onesie on? And I, praise God, the Lord left me off the hook. He let me off the hook by finding that suit. I said, I'll do it for Superman. I'll do it for Jonathan and Superman. I'll fly his colors for the night. And we partied, we danced. And even to do that for me, to dance and party, I believe it's in the anointing. Because I don't drink. And uh, people go, boy, Pastor Phil's out a few tonight. Look at him go. Uh, no, I don't drink. Uh, I have not drunk for many, many years. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, since I became Superman, that is. Um, uh, <laughs> and and uh, it's, it's the kryptonite for the Christian, I believe. <laughs> um, drinking, that is. And so... Dear God, we just say thank you that you've given this ability, this power to live this life. And I see a lot of people struggling. I'm really grieved. People are struggling to even come to church and read their Bibles and pray. And, uh, and it's because 
they, they haven't got the anointing. The anointing is the power, is the power, the enablement, the ability to do the life. So let's go through this. Fresh oil, this uh, sermon is entitled Fresh Oil, Understanding the Anointing, and uh, the anointing it is. So Isaiah 61 verse 1, you know the scripture. The spirit of the sovereign Lord, we said this last Sunday night, Jesus stood up in the synagogue and um, he's now imbued with power. He's come out of the wilderness. He's been tempted. He's overcome that. He's come out with power now. He has the full, full measure of anointing on his life. This is like, this, this is a, a life that the planet has never seen. A man that is sinless, totally obedient to God, and he's walking with full measure anointing. I said last Sunday, if a man such as that would walk through the King's Cross, the place would be absolutely totaled and revolutionized and men would drop to their knees and people would cry out to the living God for forgiveness. It's a strong anointing and it used to happen on the ministries of Spurgeon where, and, and Jonathan Edwards when they were preaching through these great awakenings and men would hold on to tree trunks from slipping into hell. They were so gripped by the anointing. They're so gripped by the reality of God. See, the anointing bridges the gap. It bridges the gap between you and God. The anointing does. So Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And this is for you too, because the Lord has, what? Anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. Wouldn't that be awesome if you could go around and knock on the door of some of your mates' houses and people in jail and people in the hospital and release them from bondage? Because the anointing is burden removing, yoke destroying. The anointing is a powerful thing. Some people spend lots of money on psychologists and whatever, and psychiatrists, but sometimes it's the anointing that we need to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, people who have got um, stuff, you know, habits and, and bondages and strongholds. It's the anointing that can, you know, set you free. Isaiah 61, 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. So what was Jesus saying? In the Old Testament, the priests were anointed and separated. It was a physical anointing of oil that was put on them and it declared and decreed that they were separated for the service of God. You are supposed to be and you are anointed and separated for to be a priest, to stand in the gap between God and suffering humanity. And whether you like it or not, you are a priest. It's called the priesthood of believers. And you are called to stand in that anointing and mediate and advocate and bridge that gap between God and fallen man. And when you're anointed, you can do it. So the anointing was a physical thing, and it anointed people for acts of service. R.T. Kendall quotes, next to the gift of salvation and the sure knowledge that we will go to heaven, thank you Jesus, when we die, the anointing is our most precious possession, the anointing. I was serious when I said, drinking, I believe, is kryptonite to and anointed. See, we grew up and we were jettisoned out of a normal life through the ministry of Rodney Howard Brown. 
and it's a revival ministry. And we sat under his ministry for many years, but it was a very strong message of repentance, strong message of go in, all in, into God. Stand in Christ, stand under the light, stand sanctified and, and, and anointed, and you won't need drink. Because that'll tank the anointing. Amen? That'll actually tank the anointing. So I think we need to share about some of the scriptural background of the anointing. And to understand the anointing, I explained a little bit of it last um, Sunday uh, night, and it was phenomenal. Boy, and we're trying to put a, we're, we're trying to finish that service Sunday night, and we couldn't. We were literally caught in this pause the pores of heaven, and people were being filled and blessed and anointed. But then I saw people not receiving, just going, gee, I'm not sure what's happening here. Uh, yeah, I can feel something maybe, I'm not sure, but, but then I could see, and it was the unlikely people that I could see totally in God. This is after, the, after I preached, and I went to say, thank you, cafes open, and there was just a pause, a beautiful pause of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord and I was obedient to God. I wanted to say thank you, good night. But the Holy Spirit had gripped me in this pause moment. And I had to let that 15 minutes transpire while people received and were filled. Their cup runneth over the anointing. Amen? And it's a beautiful thing. And we had reports all week. Thank you so much, Pastor Phil, that you honor God, that you're obedient to God. I was blessed. I needed that. I was filled. I was revived. Whatever. And it's that... Sometimes it goes against our logic and our rationale to do that. But when you're in the spirit, it's all possible. God wants to so bless the church, fill the church, revive the church in the anointing. And it's so true over these last few months. The Holy Spirit's right here, right now. Just close your eyes. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit right now. Fill this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit that you are visiting us right now. Now, the anointing was a, it was, a, it was a physical oil, and God spoke to Moses, Exodus 30, 25, make these into a sacred anointing oil, a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer, and it will be sacred oil. There's a couple of points here about this oil, and it was physical oil that they would place on the people. God gave Moses the recipe how to make the oil, and there's lots of scriptures about that. We won't get into that. And, uh, but the oil was used for the tent of meeting. It was used for the ta tabernacle. It was used for all the furnishings, all the utensils, all these different things that were used to, for the priests to use to uh, meet with God. And the place was sanctified and that tabernacle was set apart in the anointing to do God's business. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Second, the priests were also set apart with the anointing oil. Aaron's head and his sons were anointed. And it was a serious matter. It says in Leviticus 10.7, do not leave the entrance of the tent of meeting or you will die. Imagine saying that to the hospitality team at the door. Don't leave that door because you'll die, because the Lord's anointing oil is on you. So they did as Moses said. It was serious business, the anointing. Three, the anointing refers to the consecration of the kings. The first occasion, of course, is Samuel anointing Saul. And 1 Samuel 10, 1 says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil, poured it on Saul's head, and kissed him, saying, 
has not the Lord anointed you leader over his inheritance? That's a beautiful thing. We've not done that in the church either. Poured oil all over someone and kissed their head. We might get there one day. Four, the anointing became closely connected to the Holy Spirit. I'm talking Old Testament now. I'm not into the New Testament yet. It's the Old Testament. The anointing became synonymous with the Holy Spirit, with power. When um, Saul was anointed by Samuel, he came into his right mind. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That the anointing can put you in your right mind. And when he came into his right mind, he prophesied. But then he got obedient and things went awry. And then he was consumed by tormenting spirit, the Bible says. And of course, when they anointed David in secret, because Saul was king, but David was anointed, and the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, 13, so Samuel took the uh, the horn of oil and anointed him, this is David, in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. In power. David knew he was anointed. Saul had a crown, but he had no anointing. David had no crown, but he was anointed. Saul had a crown, but he had no anointing through disobedience. David had no crown, no stately position, but he was anointed. 1 Samuel 16, 14, Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. That's why you see David constantly crying out to the Lord. Psalm 51, verse 2 in particular. I believe David knew he was reliant on the Holy Spirit. I mean, taking out giants, overcoming Goliaths, and going into battle repeatedly every day, and he knew he needed the favor of God. Amen. Do you know you need the favor of God? Who's so desperate that they pray every day that they need God? Who's that desperate? Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your in your marriage, maybe it's in your business, maybe it's in your health. This is, this is, a, this is a, a person who is reliant on God. They're praying, they're in God, and they're saying, God, without you, I have no strength, I have no ability, I have no wisdom and understanding, which is another thing the anointing gives you, wisdom and understanding, to crunch deals in life, to make right purchases, to do right in God. We need the anointing. Psalm 51 verse 2, and you can hear uh, David saying, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And if we were to read all Psalm 51, you can see he knows his disposition by sin. Do you know your disposition by sin? Jesus is not here, is he? No. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Which was a major scripture. It's one of the key scriptures I constantly remember as going to church in the 80s. They were always constantly saying this. Why? Because we need the Holy Spirit. Psalm 51 verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. This is a joyous thing. This is an awesome thing. This is... This is awesome, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. 13, then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will turn back to you. Uh, it's amazing when you 
are anointed, how you can steer people in the right direction. When you're, no, when you're not anointed, you're going, this way, guys, no one's listening to you. Trust me, this way. And, and there's no one there. There's no one listening. When you're anointed, just a soft, this way, guys. And people go, whoa, he said this way. Let's go. It's not just symbolic, because where the anointing was placed, God used to turn up. Just like in um, Mark 6.13 they drove out many demons. So Jesus sends out the 70. Jesus sends out the 70. He authorizes them, deputizes them. And he says, go out with the anointing. And this is what happens. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil. Say oil. And healed them. Stuff happens in this anointing. Five, the fifth use of the word anointing is about prophets being anointed. And it doesn't actually say that they were anointed with oil, but they are anointed. Psalm 105, verse 15. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Abraham was anointed, a prophet, but there's no record of him actually being anointed. Um, Isaiah 61, Isaiah is the same. There's no record of Isaiah being physically anointed with the oil. But when he speaks this scripture, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, Isaiah 61 verse 1, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. He was pointing out really the anointing that was going to be fulfilled in Jesus, the unbridled, the immeasurable, without measure anointing. It was about Jesus. And so then you go to the New Testament, and then you see Jesus. If Jesus needed the anointing, how much more do we need the anointing? Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. How much anointing is on this guy? They must have been saying, man, stuff is happening, healings Devils flying, uh, paralytics being here, walking, dead people coming to life. How anointed is Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power? And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. That's why I love Jesus, the, um, the Jesus generation, uh, help me, the, uh, Bill Johnson and his church, Jesus' culture. And the Bible college there, the students, they go, after they've done lessons, they go down to a place like Westfields, and they go in and they pick on sick people. And they say, excuse me, madam, can I pray for you? Yes, son, what are you talking about? So, well, we believe in Jesus. We believe we're anointed. We believe, you know, right now, we just, can you give us a minute? Oh, sure, man. Man, she's suffering. She, of course she wants to be blessed and healed. And uh, they heal people, and they believe, and bang. People come out of wheelchairs. People are healed in the car park. People are healed in their cars. Oh, just before you go, so go knock on the window. Uh, just notice you're, you're rubbing your elbow as you walk. Yeah, man, I've got this, you know. And so let, let me, let's pray for you. Now just sit right there and bang. Wow, what was that? What are you guys doing to me? That's the anointing, sir. It's a healing anointing. A yoke-destroying, burden-removing anointing. Imagine having that on your life. You have. You are anointed. The Bible says it, 1 John 2.20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. You actually have the anointing. Do you believe it? Who believes that they're anointed? Who believes it? Now, I'm, 
but I'm not, I'm not preaching, I'm not standing up and declaring his praises, and I'm not living the life. Look, I'm just a, just a quiet soul, and I didn't get the anointing. No, the Bible says 60 years after Jesus died, John says, you are anointed. You are anointed, and the anointing will teach you all truth. So that's a great thing for me, because as you walk through life, you can make sense of life. When the Holy Spirit helps you make sense of all the complexities of life, including growing up daughters. <laughs> Pastor Phil's rubbing his head. Oh, my God. I grew, oh, what, is this? what does this mean? I mean, this ain't logical. This ain't right. Come on. Kids, two and two is four. Come on. No, two and two is not four in girls' world. It's, it's, doesn't, no. Mr. Practical, put your practicalness away. You need wisdom and understanding. You need the anointing, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And of all, you know the truth. That's why Pastor Julie was such a great mother. She would troubleshoot all these issues of these, of these precious daughters of ours. And she would have great wisdom and, and insight and prophetic unction. And, and I'm just going, man, what are we doing this for? Why, why do I have to buy this flowers for this one now and drive to school and give them flowers? What's that going to do? Oh, Dad, yeah, I didn't think you'd love me, but you do. This is awesome. You know, wow, that worked. What else? Show, show me more. Show me more. Show me more. This is working. This is working. <laughs> 1 John 2, 27, as for you, the anointing you receive remains in you. Sorry, you can't shake it. It's on you, it's in you. You set apart, 1 Isaiah 61, 6 says, and you will be called priests of the Lord and you will be named ministers of our God. 1 Peter 2, 9 says it like this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. It's serious business being a Christian. It's not you just didn't buy fire insurance to heaven and you live your own life and you just do whatever. No, you are a priest, man. You are anointed now, ordained and anointed to stand between the gap between God and fallen man and all your friends and family. When you're having dinner with your fallen friend, with your, with your secular friend, however one you want to call it, right there and then, man, as you're eating your meal, you go, God, I just enjoy my meal. No, he needs help. He needs help and you need to work out Allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you and show you the truth, how to speak to this person. Sometimes it takes five minutes. Sometimes I can be next to a person and I'm talking about the dry cleaning. Yes, can I have this dry clean? And I'm there for about 30 seconds and, and then all of a sudden, do you know what? You know, I just sense, you know, and then I'm, I'm bang. The Holy Spirit's giving me a key, a way in. Sometimes it takes me five minutes. Sometimes it takes me 10 minutes. I can be talking to a, a, a D9 bulldoze driver, tattoos on him, gruff, buff head. He doesn't know God, doesn't want to know God. But all of a sudden I'm standing there in the anointing and God gives me a word. You know what? I believe this. And he goes, whoa, what are you saying about, what do, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I said, well, I, I think this and that. And, you know, and he goes, whoa, yeah, I'd never thought about that. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, sure. So what do you believe in? I said, I believe in Jesus. So, so, so what's this place? This is a church. I have this, I have this conversation all the time with all the, the, the uh, construction workers that turn up on this property. So, so you meet in there? Yeah, we meet in there. So well, what do you do? I said, well, we don't do hymns. We, we do songs and we lift our hands and we, we talk about having a relationship with Jesus and being connected with him supernaturally by our spirit, our spirit to his spirit. And, 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 and I try and do that without the, uh, the flakiness and uh, without too, being too overexpressive. 
And, uh, and I said, man, we're just connected with him and he helps us along. He blesses us, protects us. Imagine that for your business. Man, if you had that sort of uh, favor on your, on your business, you say, yeah, man, I could do some, with some of that, man. Times are tough. There's a way into people's life in the anointing. That you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. What's God anointing? Uh, you know, we said this last week. It is knowing God's supernatural presence upon us. Who feels the anointing when it comes upon you? Who feels it? Like through that worship. Oh man, I'm just going, wow. I've got to get up and preach in this. This is, this is going to... Two, it is being aware of his presence with... Who's aware of the presence of God when it's, when it's in? Like last week at the end of that service. Who was aware and who wasn't? Who's just going, can we go now? Who's going... Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is what it's about, being filled. It's, 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 uh, it's okay to admit. If you, and I, I asked for an expression of hands last week. I said, who's not feeling the Holy Spirit? Put up your hand. And people, there was honest people saying, I'm not feeling it, Pastor Phil. That's cool. We're going to help you with this. If you are in Christ, there is an anointing for everything you're called to do, no matter how small, how great the task or how bad the circumstance is. So it's not about just doing. This scripture is not about just doing, but it's getting through. Tim McGrath's in the house. Let's give him a hand. How's he going to get through this difficulty of being uh, recovered? And every day I'm seeing him now, he is being recovered and more strength. But how's he doing that? It's in the anointing. The Bible says, this is what the Apostle Paul said when he meant, I can do all things, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ. Christ means anointing, the anointed one. Christ, Christ is not his surname, by the way. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Christ didn't have a child called Jesus Christ. Christ is, means anointed one, anointing, anointed one, Christ. So we need to understand that because here we go. I can do all things through Christ, meaning the anointing or the anointed one, which strengthens me. He didn't say who strengthens me. It says which strengthens me. Now, that's in the King James Version. There's other versions that would allude to it's actually Jesus giving you that strength. It is, but it is the Holy Spirit. Little h, not big h. Little h. Holy Spirit, which strengthened me. He was talking about the anointing, the anointing that got you saved, the anointing that gets you healed, the anointing that allows you to do well in business, the anointing that allows you to make a way through this life. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power, say power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth, including Wyong, Tugra, Marty, Forest's Beach, Wombrel, Chain Valley Bay, Chittaway, Narara, Arimba. Did I leave anyone out? Marty, Woodbury Park, Wadalba, to the ends of the earth. And that power is the power to live an anointed life. It enables you to live the supernatural life, to do life supernaturally. It's the power that influences you, guides you, nourishes you, and it keeps you from being disillusioned and separated from your calling and your best life. 
It's the anointing that enables you to apprehend your best life and ride it out like a rough rodeo. Woo! Here we go. Because life is not a pleasant journey all the time. There's valleys, there's mountains, there's rivers. There's deserts. There's rocks. Oh, what was that? Kick my toe. My mate, every time we went surfing back in the 70s, every time we went to Samuel Park, every, t- every time we went, he'd kick his toe. And his toe, his big toe was bleeding by the time we got to the water. Every time. He just had this thing. What happened? I've kicked my toe again. Yeah, lift your feet, buddy. Come on. Every time. Life is a bit like that. Jesus said, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life. I said, life and have it to the full. But it's not life in the material world he's talking about. It's life in the spirit that they may have life. The Greek word for life there is zoe, a word indicating life in the spirit and soul, not life driving a big, fast car, living in a nice house, not life as much as all the food you can eat, but life in the spirit, where you're in Africa and you go to one of these villages and they've got the biggest smile that you could ever see in your life. They've got nothing. But Jesus said, the enemy comes to lie, steal and destroy, but I have come to give you life. Although you might have nothing in the material world, you have life in the spirit. You've got hope. You've got faith. You've got righteousness. You've got right standing in God. Amen? That's the sort of life he wants for you. In the anointing. I love that. So when you look at that scripture again, you might want to look at it like this. The thief wants to steal, kill and destroy your calling, your anointing, your destiny, and purpose in God. I'll say it again. The thief wants to steal your calling, your anointing, and your destiny and purpose in God. God wants us to live this supernatural life, but it only can be lived in, in the anointing. Let's just stop there right now. Holy Spirit, anoint us. Anoint me to hear this message. Anoint me to hear the word. Anoint me to receive the word. Fill me, Lord God. Billy Graham's wife says, I know this much. She she said this just before she died. She said, I know this much. We must be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, we must be filled with the Spirit. Not with wine that gets you drunk, but with the Spirit that enables you, that leads you to all truth, that gives you great ability to stand up in a radical life, giving expression for God. No matter if it's a little task, a major task, through a valley, through stuff, God will give you that anointing through all things. You can do all things through Christ, through the anointing, who gives you strength to get through that stuff. You can run out of oil. Matthew 25 verse 1, at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins. This is an admonishment now. And at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps and did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, 
took oil in jars along with the lamps. The bridegroom was a long time coming. Are you really coming back, Jesus? And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Ah, oh, look, I'm just going to not go to church. I'm just going to party. I'm just going to take it easy. This is getting all too serious, man. I've got to enjoy my life as well. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us. And you instead go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. Come to the altar, come to the church, come to God and receive your anointing. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins were ready, went in. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Oh. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. They're pleading now out of, out of, out of a sincere heart. Dear God, <laughs> hello, help us. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, be filled, because you do not know the hour or the day. Therefore, keep watch, be filled, because you know not the hour or the day. God wants you. And I know Pastor Phil Pringle, the leader of our movement, he's really on about this. Be filled, church, every day. Fresh oil. Come to a pause in every day and say, Holy Spirit, anoint me. Uh, do it in the morning if you can. That's a good place to start. Holy Spirit, I do it in the shower, to be honest. Holy Spirit, anoint me. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for this day. Holy Spirit, enable me, lead me, guide me, lead me to all truth, empower me, fill me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak to me. Commit the day to you, dear God, in the power of your Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing when you can. Psalm 89, verse 20, I have found David, my servant, with my sacred oil, I have anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Sustain C3 Tugger, Lord. Sustain every single person here. Surely my arm will strengthen him. You actually can see the reason of David's success. He was totally reliant on God. He didn't want to become yesterday's man like Saul. I want to be anointed now. Saul became yesterday's man, fallen hero. I don't want, I don't want to be like Saul, Lord. I, 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 I need your anointing right now. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit. He was gripped by this compulsion. I want a willing spirit, Lord. Why? I want to do your bidding when I want to see the opportunity when I want to be ready when grant me a willing spirit because a lot of this stuff is, again, outside your box. It's impulsive. Witness to him now. You, you, you've got 15 seconds left. You're going to walk away from this person. Speak to him now. Say something now. And you don't. You walk away. Why, why didn't I say something? Damn. I thought there was something there, but and you miss the opportunity. Grant me a willing spirit. Let's not grieve the Holy Spirit. We talked about having humility last week. One of the key things is not be a big head with God. Be teachable. Say, Holy Spirit, teach me. I humble myself. Ephesians 4:13. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 
Don't quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 Do not put out the Spirit's fire. But be bold. Timothy 1.17 For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And if you're struggling to receive the anointing and to feel God and experience God, here's some points, PowerPoint, I hope. Be sure there is no unconfessed sin in your life. 1 John 1 9. 2. Be sure there is no bitterness or grudge against anyone. Ephesians 4.31. It's amazing when you let bitterness and unconfessed sin begin to lay dormant in your life and it affects, it will affect your Christian world. It'll affect your family of God. It'll affect your relationship with God. Amen. It'll affect your life even with the unsaved. Three, be sure you do not speak against anyone, James 3. Four, be sure you have a life of solid prayer and Bible reading. Five, walk in all the light God gives you. Walk in all the light you can get. Six, learn to know the Spirit's voice, Hebrews 3, 7 to 8. And lastly, develop a familiarity with the ways and ability to recognize His presence. Develop Develop a way to realize who he is, what he's saying, what's he doing. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father, we, we, we want to know the Holy Spirit. Show us your ways. Show us your ways, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fall afresh on me. Close your eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. Anoint me in these great days to serve you. Set me apart to live for you. Set me apart. Set me apart to live the life anointed, filled, blessed. Set me apart, dear God. Anoint me right now, Lord. Let me feel your anointing. Let me experience your anointing. Heal me, bless me, revive me, anoint me right now, right now. Holy Spirit, come. Make me whole. Let me grow. Fill me. Holy Spirit. Fill me. Enable me. Bless me. Come on, let's receive that right now. Jesus. Jesus. If you're not sure of your salvation, you're just not sure, you're a little bit doubtful, and you know that this morning might be the morning where you say, Jesus, I want the life that you suggested in John 10.10 life abundantly. I want the life in the Spirit. I want the life in your kingdom. I want the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. I want that. I want that full life, Lord. Help me. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've been on the outside. Maybe you're feeling dry. Maybe you're feeling disconnected. Maybe you feel discouraged, dismayed. Maybe you feel like you're on the outer. Maybe you feel like you don't belong. Well, right now, I pray, right now, I pray that you would receive fresh anointing to be reappointed, refreshed, revived. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.
us We want the world to know So we'll rise in selfless faith To live like Christ for all our days